This is ESPN Radio. The uh, social media is blowing up with comparisons from presidents to NBA players. I'm not yeah. going to do this forever, but we do have one person who says William Henry Harrison is the Zion Williamson of the presidents. We haven't Ooh. seen him very long, so we don't really know what he can do. There's That's also somebody one. who said he was that Zion is the William Howard Taft of presidents. And I'm just going to say that's not very mm. nice, Myron Metcalf. No. I don't think people should no. say that. It is no. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf <laughs> filling in on ESPN Radio Mornings. We are now joined by Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer Sixers reporter. And I'm going to play you something, Keith, that I know you've heard, but the audience needs to hear, which is what James Harden said this morning about GM Daryl Morey. Daryl Norrie is a liar, and I will never get Mark on the organization like he's a Mark. Let me say it again. Daryl Norrie is a liar, and I will never get part of an organization that he's a Mark. Keith, you're around the team as much as anybody. Were you surprised by that statement, and what does it all mean? Well, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say yes and no. I mean, um, the, the yes comes from the relationship that they had you know, in the past. I mean, if you think about it, James Harden is a sixer because of Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey was basically part of the reason he was hired by the Sixers was because, you know, he could deliver James Harden, get him in the trade, get him to come here. And then the no part comes in as because when you look at it, you know, you, you realize that James took $15 million less last year. Um, regardless, the Sixers, people within the Sixers organization are saying that, they never had a discussion beforehand about, you know, there, there was there was no uh, belief or, or there was no assumption that James was going to get paid for what he did for the team. You know what I mean? Like additional payment. Um, but the fact that he took $15 million less, it makes you think that James thought that he was going to get something, um, that the, the company, I mean, the team owed him something. So, yeah, it, it, it's he felt like they lied to him. So, so yes, that's not surprising. And what does it mean? It means that we're in for um, another circus. Uh, it, it, and what I mean by that is you talk about Ben Simmons' situation, which was, which was a circus. I felt like we would never go through that again. But ironically, the guy who they traded Ben Simmons for feels the same way about Daryl Murray that Ben Simmons did. And I, I think that is, is, is going to be a bad situation. Um, wills are going to be tested. And, you know, James is the type of guy where he's made a lot of money. Um, you know, he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. Um, he has so many accolades. So whereas, you know, he's a guy that if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to play. And who knows? Maybe he could just be content with walking off in the sunset. But to me, this looks really bad for the Sixers. It looks bad for Daryl Morey because this is the second time in three summers that you have a player saying that they refuse to play for you and they refuse to play for the organization. I DM Daryl Morey to see if he would appear on the show. Uh, I have not received a response uh, yet. But I, by the way, uh, I DM'd uh, him too, uh, okay. Keith, but he doesn't know me, so like I don't expect him to okay. respond. Well, I, I didn't get a response, but we can talk about James Harden and, and the circus there. I mean, there, this is what his fifth circus, uh, considering mm-hmm. his career and his history. You look at all the things that happened with Doc Rivers. I feel like Keith, 
we really should be talking about Joel Embiid. He just watched Jokic win a championship surrounded by young players who are going to be around for the next couple of years. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. It feels like Denver could win a couple of more. Giannis still has a chance in Milwaukee. You look at what Miami's doing around Jimmy Butler, and here he is in sort of this purgatory. How does this impact his perspective on whether or not he wants to spend the rest of his career in Philly? Yeah, I mean, let's just be real. He's paying close attention to this, and it impacts it a lot. I mean, we look at Joel Embiid right now. He's 29 years old. You know, you add on top of that his injury history, right? And and the things that you just mentioned, like he look, he's looking at Jokic. He's looking at Giannis. Uh, Giannis, I can't get these names out right now, but he's looking at these two guys. And, you know, you want to win a championship too. Because it just seems like the bar is keep getting elevated and elevated. But then you look at your situation and you, and you say to yourself, you know, what do these two guys have that I don't? Well, continuity within the roster in, in regards to core players. And, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, he has a who's who list of co-stars um, and during his tenure. So, you know, the thing is, it comes a point in time where, you look at it like, okay, I accomplished MVP. Okay, I'm a first. I'm a first team All NBA. I've been to uh, a bunch of All Stars. The only thing that's left for me to do is win a championship. And when he came out and said it can happen in Philly or anywhere else, you know, you got to believe him. And 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 basically, is one of those things. I think that Joel is paying close attention to this to see what the 76ers do, and if he's unhappy. I mean, don't be shocked next summer if we hear Joel wants to be out of the city. He wants to go to another place. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. This this is the major – that's the elephant in the room. Like, how is Joel taking all this? Because, again, like we said, this is the second circus in three seasons. You know, and, and it's bad. The Sixers off-season drama is, is, uh, is, is, is well documented. Talking to Keith Cump. Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer sports reporter. It's interesting. I want to go back to your comments on my question about how you thought it looked bad for the 76ers. I'm glad you said that because it's the opposite initial take I had. So I'll tell you what I had and see if you can tell me why I'm wrong or if I'm looking at it the wrong way. I looked at this as the third team that Harden's asked to be traded from, going back to Houston and Brooklyn and now this, and even Oklahoma City there were some issues And I sort of thought of, hey, Daryl Morey has been at two different franchises, the one guy that took up for Arden. When the rest of the league criticizes him, media, like me, think that he seems like he's trouble on your franchise. But that's not the take you have on it, and you're around it a lot more than me. Why is my take of this just seems like more nonsense from Harden? Is that incorrect? Am I missing something? I mean, now you're correct, but at the same time, the thing that you're missing is that, you know, you're the guy that vouched for Harden all the time. I mean, you're the one that brought him here. So you, you got rid of a problem, and now this problem is bigger than the one that you let let go. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, and, and then the thing is, though. So you're almost like, saying, Keith, if you don't mind, you're almost looking at it and saying, rather than that making looking hard and bad, you've asked for this guy twice, and now you can't get along with him. It's you. I mean, okay. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, okay, a prime example. We all had – it's kind of like if you have a friend 
and you know what the friend the friend's tendencies um, are, right? You yeah. know it. It's well documented. And it, it was like having a pit bull. You got a pit bull that's not trained. And everybody's saying, look, man, you got to be yeah. careful with that pit bull because it's going to bite you. It's going to bite you. And like, nah, nah, it's good. It's good. It's good. And then next thing you know, the pit bull bites you. And then what are people going to say? Like, hey, I told you. Yeah. Right? We told you not to do that. So now, again, does it look bad on Harden? Yeah, it looks bad on Harden. But at the same time, it's kind of sort of like it happened twice before. Like, it happened twice before. But Daryl Morey was supposed to be the guy that, that, that fixed it. Now, here's something else that you look at. It. So let's just say is if this is a guy that um, everyone felt like in, in the league, when you, look at, when you look at everything that James Harden like, likes doing, you know, he likes to party. He likes to do whatever, right? His lifestyle, right? But there was always one guy who always vouched for him. And what you said is right. There's always vouched for him. But whenever, if you're that guy that vouched for him, and you're that guy that always had his back, and he always had your back in return, when that guy comes out and says something negative to you, what do you think other free agents are looking at? They're probably saying, like, wow, even James Harden turned his back on. Like, that's so it almost, Keith, it almost works you. both ways, right? Like, it almost makes them both look bad. I mean, it, it depends, yeah. But, see, you got to – yeah, you can say that. It, it makes them both look bad. But, but, then, but also, like, from a free agent standpoint, if James Harden was always that one guy that – you could depend on or that one guy that everybody looked at it like that was his guy and if that person turns his back on you then it looks bad you know you understand what i'm saying but you're right yeah. yes it makes both of them look bad but at the same time it doesn't put the sixers in a in a great situation at all you know the organization is, is this is a black eye for oh, the organization yeah. because here you go this is the second guy in three years now, you can talk about Ben Simmons, you know, his, his failure to make jump shots. You can talk about his injury history. But the fact remains is that this is the second guy in three years that is talking negatively about the organization and the general manager, uh, or excuse me, the president of basketball ops. But this one particular guy was supposed to be the guy that was the, the most loyal to him. Yeah. You understand no, what that I'm saying? Yeah, so, I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Keith, great stuff. Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia 76ers reporter. Appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, that's all the more reason you couldn't make me have James Harden. But that's the question is, would you want James Harden? 888-SAY-ESPN. I'm sure all that around out there, there are people who are fans of a team. If you're a fan of a team, would you want James Harden on your team? If you're a Philadelphia fan, do you want him now? We'll take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. You got me, Matt Jones, the Kevin Durant of radio hosts, Myron Metcalf. <laughs> That's all next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This is ESPN Radio. The Sixers have ended trade talks on James Harden. When you think of it, there was only one team that had some type of interest in James, and the Clippers really weren't trying to give up a lot. Unfortunately, there was no market for James Harden. This is Nas. I know Nas, Byron Metcalf, Matt Jones, Byron Metcalf on mornings on ESPN Radio. This is my 90s rap to me. Is the is is the era? There are two things that were better in the '90s than in any other era: rap yeah. and country. It got country got significantly worse. Rap's just not my thing now. But in the '90s, that's where it was. Yes, hip hop was at its best, man, during the '90s for sure, man. So many totally classic ag- groups. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We asked you eight 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 ESPN. Would you want James Harden on your team? But first, one person writes and says, Matt, I don't think it was fair of you to say the Jordans and Iverson shoes behind Myron aren't great. Those Jordans could be better, but the Iverson shoes are fire. See, Myron, there are people who appreciate the look in your background. Not everybody's a hater. I'm glad. I mean, you know, we in the shoe collector community, you know, we just try to show off a little bit you're, you're of, not of what shoe, we have. You're not, you're you not, not collect shoe collector. I've always been. No, you don't. You have like no, you don't. I collect shoes. You, I got you into it because I saw you in some of the worst shoes I've ever seen, and I said you've (laughs) got to improve that, and you have done better, and I appreciate it. But that's not exactly the same as what as what I do. Why do you have a pumpkin? You don't. You don't like that I'm in the club now, though. What would you say, Pat? I said, why do you have a pumpkin on your mantle? It's a candle. Why? Why do you have a? It's a pumpkin. It's the middle of summer. Uh, Home and Garden TV told me to accent my mantle. My mantle to accent it. I think that's right. I think that I think it's a little accent. I got flowers, the shoes, the books. What decor? Like what show is it that you watch on Home and Garden TV for your decorations? That one that comes on Sundays. (laughs) 
That's what I thought. Yeah. You don't watch any of them. Yeah. You don't know their names. No, and they you don't say watch accent. The one make or break your home, right? Isn't that what's called? Or, or make up your home, makeover, or something like that? <laughs> Those are a lot of different <laughs> words. I don't know that any of them are the one that, that you do. 888-SAY-ESPN. Brian in Chicago, would you want Harden on your team? De- definitely I would not want Harden on my team because I can't trust him. I mean, he went coast-to-coast during the playoffs to the strip club. The next game was 40 the next night, but then he didn't show up two nights later. Listen, you opted into your $35-plus million contract. You had the option to choose any team you wanted, but you wanted that security. Either you're going to play or you're going to sit at home, and we'll see who loves you next summer. That's that, man. I mean, you opted in. Did he opted in? Yeah, right? no, he did. He did. He did. But it's interesting. With his best friend, and he hates him. Right? It's interesting, and I, I appreciate the call. I think that's an interesting point. But also, you know, our our guest from the Enquirer said a second ago that maybe he th- that there was a sort of promise from Daryl Morey that if he took less money, the implication is it would be paid back later. But I think what what might be fascinating about this, Myron, is that is probably against the NBA rules if Moray did promise that. And if so, Harden may actually hold the trump card here because if Moray promised him something that's against the rules, then you have a whole other piece to this. Yeah, I mean, the union could get involved. I mean, this this could get ugly. I mean, to come out and call him a liar, uh, there will be other steps from here, I'm sure. We got to hear from Daryl Moray in his response. But if there was uh, sort of a suggestion that there would be some money at the end of this rainbow, if you're Daryl Morey and he goes and plays the Boston Celtics and he's absolute trash in that series, then how do you maintain that promise? I'm not paying James Harden. You're the reason that team lost to the Celtics. You didn't show up in the postseason again. You tried to get traded and there's no market for you. So I think the problem here is James Harden demanded a trade. And what he's really upset about, I think, is he wants Philly to just give him up for some player that's not significant, some second-round pick or whatever. And the Sixers are like, no, we want a significant player in return if we're going to let you go. Here's the problem. Nobody's offering that significant player to get James Harden. So he's saying this about Daryl Morey instead of realizing that his trade value isn't what he thinks it is. Yeah, player demands for trades work in the NBA – if you're in demand, but if you're not in demand, it may not work as much. And I think that's what we may be seeing with Harden. Let's go to Tay in North Carolina. Tay, where in North Carolina are you? Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, you've been to Wilmington, okay. Myron. Good place. You've been there. I have been it's to Wilmington. It's a very beautiful place. They film a it lot is. of shows there. Didn't they film Dawson's Creek in Wilmington, Tay? Yes, they did. See, there you go. And a lot of Dawson's. Movies. A lot of movies. Lot of Beautiful movies. place. Go ahead, Tay. Would you want Harden? No, I, I'm a Portland fan, so no, I wouldn't want Harden. But I wouldn't mind seeing Dame go to Philly if that's what he wants to do. But no, I wouldn't want Harden on Portland Trailblazers. All right, so what about that? I appreciate the call. If you're Philly, would you take Harden for Dame? No. Mm-mm. I think for Dame, you're saying give me some more young pieces because they they yeah. got a young foundation in Portland that's promising. So I wouldn't do that. Yeah, what's the point of getting a worse version of Damian Lillard that's also less of a good teammate? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why in the world would you want that? But, uh, no, and if you're – let's say you would even do that. I mean, Portland, you don't want to – with that young core that you're talking about with nah. Scoot and Shaden Sharp, you don't want to infect them with a James Harden 
sort of virus. I mean, I don't think you're going to want yeah. that at all. Mike in California, would you want James Hart? No, I actually got him in my uh, starting the opposite of a catalyst, an all-inhibitor team with Chris Paul at point, Harden at two, Luca at three, Rudy Ooh. Gobert and MB filling out the front court. Those two, those five will never. I, I, I don't like your. I like yeah, the yeah, idea. I, like, yeah, I yeah. like the idea of, and I appreciate nah. the call of the all-inhibitor team. I'm not putting those players on it. I do like. I would say, I can't do it by position, but I would say. Uh, Westbrook, Harden, Kyrie, um, who else? I'll take Rudy Gobert. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, you take Rudy. And then then you give me a fifth and I'll take it. But I can't put Luka, for instance, in there because I think it's too early in his career for that. Yeah, and Embiid's the MVP. You can't put Embiid in there on that list either, man. Do you think he gets the right team around he's going to win? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Can you win a title with Joel Embiid as your best player? A hundred percent you can, but I don't know if he can do it in Philly. I don't know if there's enough there, but of course you can. Yeah, I think people forget how close that team has been. I mean, they're not yeah. – I, I think they're still a couple steps away, and now with Harden it may not – it may collapse, but I don't think it would have been crazy for Embiid to be able to win one. Let's go to Fidel in Florida. Where in Florida, Fidel? St. Pete, St. Pete. St. Pete, what do you Beautiful got? Beautiful place. Well, I, I, I wouldn't put in Harden on my team. Simple fact, the game is about analyzing. And all the great players, even Jordan, uh, Kobe, they, was just, they even mentioned that Hart would never, never be on a playoff team or a contender in, uh, for a championship because of the, his style of play. And that's why he's not uh, a high uh, a take for any other team on the market because of also, those analyze those analysts. But don't you think Fidel? Don't you think that's a little not fair? I mean, I agree with you today. But Fidel, there yeah, was today. a series where, yes. in Game Seven against Golden State, they were right there, should have won Game Six, and then Game Seven yeah. they just went, you know, one for ninety from three. Don't you think? I mean, they were very, very close to win. They would have won the finals. They were very close that year. You know, it's, it's inconsistency playing. See, his playground of playing is inconsistent, and that's the reason why the the analysts, um, you know, even the pro players even mentioned that you're, he would never go to a championship or win a championship. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. We'll, yeah, we, we, I think there are going to be very few people, maybe nobody, Myron, who's going to call in and say, I would want James Harden yeah, on my team. Right and I think that's probably partially the situation he's in. He's just a guy that has no suitors whatsoever. Yeah, not not to be a, a top two guy on a team. But listen, there was a stretch where James Harden was a top three player in this league consistently. You that's know what correct. I mean? So, But that era's over, and that's something he's got to realize. That's right. Now, this has been a fun morning. Conference realignment, though, was something we were going to talk about a lot, and then James Harden came in and said something crazy. But we need to go back to it because it's the biggest story in college sports, and college football starts in two and a half weeks. Reese Davis, nobody knows more about it than him. He's going to come join us. That's next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? 
You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Meyer Metcalf, presented by Progressive Insurance. Reese Davis, he's the college game day host, joins us. Brought to you by Home Depot. Traeger is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, enjoy the one-of-a-kind wood fire flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL from the Home Depot. I don't know what any of those words mean, Myron, but I think it sounds great. And I'm glad Reese Davis is here. And I, it, I just I'm not a, I'm not one of those you know handy people. But Reese Davis is, and he's ready to talk college sports with us. And Reese, it's been a huge change in the last couple of weeks. My first question is just this: What will will there be a Pac-12? And if not, those four schools in two years, where are they? It's such it's so hard to predict, but I don't think there will be. And my guess is that the two state schools in Oregon and Washington, Oregon State and Washington State, will be in some conference with most of the Mountain West schools, if not the Mountain West per se. Stanford and Cal are much more difficult to predict. If I had to guess right now, I would say that they probably, um, at least Stanford, launches out into independence. I I don't have a good feel for what Cal will do. I don't think Cal – Uh, as great an institution as it is. We're obliged to say things like that. I don't think they have the football (laughs) clout or brand name or recent history of success, despite the big stars who played there, to be independent. Stanford probably has a better chance of doing that. So I would think that Cal would need to find a conference alignment. Stanford will need to long-term, but you said two years. I think Stanford will be independent. And if I had to roll the dice, I'd say Cal probably uh, winds up the same place as Oregon State and Washington State. Reese, I believe Deion Sanders, when he got to Colorado, uh, got rid of everything, including the furniture and the cabinets uh, and the drapes. (laughs) Uh, Why should we believe that this approach is going to work for Deion at Colorado? Well, it's not as different as as it seems, I don't think, Myron. I mean, it, it, I mean, it is different than most, but most coaches will go in and turn things upside down and have, you know, big, big changes. There are a number of other schools that I've done some preseason, uh, you know, research and putting notes in. My, my transfer portal column in the spreadsheet that I use every year, you know, used to be just a little nugget on the side for me. Now it's like I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether it's a waste of time separating them and you just put where players are but I think Dion was just a little more open about it I think he did a little more publicly what other coaches will do I mean forever you know this as long as you've been in this business coaches would would call you in and say hey you know Myron Matt I'm going to tell you we we love you guys you're wonderful players good people and you can keep your scholarship for as long (laughs) as you're here 
But understand something, you're never played. I mean, you're never, ever, ever played. If I have to go sign somebody, you know, off the Fiji intramural team to play your position, if we have seven injuries, you're not playing. You're welcome to stay if you want to, you know, and, and guys would get rid of guys that way. So it's not new for new coaches to come in and want their own guys and decide that they're going to run a bunch of guys off. The real challenge, I think, for Deion Sanders or any other coach who tries to do it this way is to build a team and mold them together and have them stick together when something goes wrong. Because when a guy has transferred, even if he's a good person, I'm all for guys being able to do it, good person, good character, good team, and all that kind of thing. There is a personal motivation for everybody who's transferred. And if somehow that is not being met, then there's a little frustration because college careers are really, really short. And while there are coaches who help out the players, if the players don't look out for themselves, nobody else is going to. So I think the real challenge is how do they, how does he team build and how does he keep them together when the inevitable difficulties surface and they will surface quickly for Colorado, even though they've really upgraded the talent. Shout out, by the way, to the Fiji intramural team there. What, what, they had to be excited well, to get the, to get the I, shout it, out from Reese Davis. It's early, and I, I, you could say I was semi-mocking uh, probably oh, the okay. fraternity well. system because, see, I was, I was independent, and I also, I also had flight delays, so I didn't get in bed till like after 3 a.m. last night, so I'm probably not functioning as, right. as normally as I would. <laughs> Don't but, you but worry no, about it. Was not, it, was not, it was not intended to be a shout-out with any affiliation with me. I was, I was an independent. Uh, let me ask you, I made the statement earlier today, and I – I kind of like it, but I want to see if you agree that I think the gap the last few years, the gap between the top four teams, whoever they were, and everyone else was huge. And you could even make an argument in the last few years, the gap between Georgia and Alabama and everybody else has been huge. And that this year, I actually think that gap is slightly smaller that the, you know, Notre Dame, Florida State, Penn State, USC, et cetera, that group of teams, Michigan, are closer to the big two or three than they have been in years past. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I, but I, I would say I would, we'd probably differ slightly, even though Michigan two-time reigning big 10 champion, I would have put Ohio state in that category. I know okay. maybe defensively they weren't quite there, but I would have George Alabama, Ohio state, just in terms of uh, depth of roster and talent being separate from everyone else. And truth of the matter is, they're probably still better than the others. But I agree with you that the gap is not there largely because those three teams, and you can throw Clemson in this mix too, even though you know, I know Cade Klubnick is a talented quarterback, but he's certainly unproven. Those, those teams have real question marks at quarterback. Not necessarily meaning they don't have good players. They certainly do. They wouldn't be there. But even if you know who your quarterback is, like Cade Klubnick, for instance, at Clemson, he's not proven. He's not proven by any stretch of the imagination. Carson Beck's not proven. Whoever wins the job at Alabama or Ohio State, they are proven. So that brings everybody back to the pack a little bit. That's why um, you know the AP preseason poll is going to be released today. I'm a voter, and I haven't made any secret of it. Um, I have Michigan number one because I think Michigan has not only a proven quarterback, but one that is going to take a huge step forward. So now 
if Carson Beck comes out and looks fantastic the first two or three weeks, even against weaker competition, will I move Georgia back to number one because I think they have the best roster? Probably. But right now, I think because of the, the quarterback uncertainty with those programs who previously had separated, the, the gap is less. And the transfer portal has helped a lot of those, a lot of those trying to um, elevate themselves to that realm as well. Reese, obviously Caleb Williams at USC is a major story. Archie Griffin is the only two-time winner of the Heisman Trophy. What are the chances going forward because of NIL that we see more guys like Caleb Williams who might win the Heisman, achieve these great things, and decide to come back for another year or two? Well, it certainly is It's a great motivation. It, it removes an obstacle to guys staying and, and coming back. Now, Caleb, as you well know, probably would have gone had he had the opportunity um, you know, if he had been eligible for the draft, you know, I, I do think that if he wins it, he's still going to be in rarefied air because, I mean, you know, I had a, a former coach tell me the other day that when he saw him in, in camp that he'd never really seen a quarterback like him ever. You know, like when he was in high school being recruited, thought he was the best he's ever seen. And it's he has, he has proven to be, you know, at such an elite level as a player, um, as a winner, um, you know, they've got to take another step forward. The one thing that I think will be a challenge, Caleb, in winning back-to-back Heisman Trophy is Archie Griffin, and rightly so, is held in such high esteem that if you're going to win it back-to-back, you better have a great second year. You, you know, you, you better do something really special because whenever you achieve that type of success, people get ready to pick you apart. We've seen it, uh, you know, we've seen it with all kinds of guys, whether, you know, Jameis Winston, and that year after he won the Heisman at Florida State. Um, even You know what? I'll give you the perfect example. Andrew Luck, uh, even though he didn't yeah. win the Heisman, when he started getting all of that praise, do you ever remember anybody being criticized the way he was for you know just what wasn't a Superman game against Oregon? He had a fantastic game. They didn't win, and that's probably why he didn't win the Heisman Trophy. You know, that year that Robert Griffin III, who was certainly a deserving Heisman Trophy winner, if memory serves, they got to be 49-3 to and still won. And, yeah. But because at that point, he wasn't under that same type of scrutiny that, and, and threw some interceptions in that game, if I, if I remember correctly, he wasn't under the same type of scrutiny than Andrew Luck was because of the status he had achieved previously. Caleb's going to be like that. If Caleb, you know, if Caleb and the Trojans go into Corvallis, and he has a rough night, and, you know, they, they come up short, then people are going to go, oh, see, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know he's great, but I'm not sure he's back-to-back Heisman great. So, you know, that's, living up to the standards you've set for yourself previously is a pretty daunting task, especially when we start um, – when people start thinking of voting to put you in to the realm of, of ultra-elite like Archie Griffin and being the other two-time Heisman Trophy winner if Caleb were able to do that. Reese Davis is the host of College Game Day, the College Game Day podcast. Great stuff as always. Go get some sleep. You know what? You're a superstar. They'll let you rest this morning, and if you got a meeting or something, postpone it. I give you permission. <laughs> Can't do it, man. Too close to kickoff. You got to just keep grinding. <laughs> Say bad things about the airlines. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Appreciate it. Uh, You know what? Myron Metcalf is going to explain why Martin Van Buren is the Malik Monk of presidents. More things like that. But first, he's got this from Vivid Seats. 
Football is back, and I'm here to remind you that Vivid Seats has your back for all of your ticket needs. Not only is Vivid Seats the official ticketing partner of ESPN, they have a 100% buyer guarantee, and they're the only ticket company that rewards you for buying. This football season, catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart. Every heart-pounding play, live and in person. <laughs> you thought they was literally catch every heart, like like go out there it. and win the hearts Just of people. Stop, man! Don't let me let me let me do it again. This football season, catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play, live there and in go. person. To get great deals on great seats, download their app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf. We've had a fun morning here, talking a little bit about the preseason games, about uh, James Harden and a lot more. But I wanted to ask you, Myron, before we get out of here this morning, I don't know. You know, there's been this run of documentaries in sports. You start, started a few years back with the F1 show, but we've also had the golf one. You got the tennis yeah. one. You got hard knocks. Uh, there's the quarterback show and then the Johnny Manziel show. I just watched the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix, and it was mind-blowing in terms of how that guy sort of fooled us all for so long into thinking that he would be good. Have you seen it, and are you enjoying this new sort of behind-the-scenes conversation about sports across the streaming landscape? I haven't seen it, but I've read all about it. I've heard all about it. And some of the things he said about not watching film, and we, we find didn't out that maybe his film. family didn't watch yeah. one second of film. Seem to take pride in that. I mean, I think he's a good example of what happens when, when the media kind of falls for somebody, right? He was talented. I mean, don't get me wrong, Texas A&M. That was one of the most electric performances we've seen when he won the Heisman. But uh, it, it also spoke to some of the, you know, him getting a pass probably. And that caught up to him in the NFL. I love these new documentaries. I, I don't know how real all of them are because if you're participating with the subject of the film, I'm sure they get some say in what's edited in and out of it. You know what I mean? So it's not like raw, 
But uh, I'm glad we're getting some of this insight. It's cool to watch. Have you ever had a player that – or can you think of a player that was more sizzle rather than substance than Johnny Manziel? I mean, now don't get me wrong. He was electric in college and was the most fun. Those games at A&M, he was as fun as it gets. And in the, was, if, the if, if there was a functioning sort of XFL – you know, where it was like really a yeah. fun league, he would have been the number one pick. But can you think yeah. of many guys? I mean, obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield was like that a little bit, but I think Baker just – it hasn't worked out, but that doesn't mean there's not talent there. But do you have other guys that sort of fit in your mind that Menzel? It's really all sizzle and almost no steak. I don't know, man. He He's pretty – He's pretty high on that list, man. Well, Just because let me of ask the you, let me put spotlight. it a different way. Will we look one day and say Zion Williamson was that? Will there no, be a Netflix Z- Zion Williamson documentary? That's a really good question. I mean, if he can't bounce back from the injury issues, but I don't think Zion's issue was him not caring about the game. You know, is I think it? With Johnny no, Manziel, I mean, is it like he he stays out of shape? He's had a, he's had not Manziel level, but he's had sort of an off the field or off the court drama a little bit. I mean, yeah. a lot of his problems physically are not you know freak accidents. It is in part because of his inability to stay in shape. Yeah, I think he's still young. You, you know, I mean, Zion's still in his early twenties, so we got to see what the next four to five years looks like for him. I think the difference is Zion wasn't always in front of a microphone telling us how good he that's was. True. Where Johnny Manziel was. So I think that's the difference is when a dude is like that and then he falls, that's different than a guy who's just maybe didn't live up to the hype and might not ever reach his ceiling because of health issues. But I still think there's a shot for Zion, man. And and I that's still the most dominant college player I've ever covered after Anthony Davis. I mean, is those it two really? You, you, you have him as the most dominant after AD. Those two dudes are the most dominant players I've personally covered in college basketball. I mean, those are the two, like, most unstoppable kind of they could do whatever they wanted on the court. It's those two, man. And remember, he comes into the league, and he was really good when he was healthy. He just hasn't yeah. played enough games. I think if you go since 2000 for me, and again, I'm probably a little biased with the Kentucky thing, but I've there have been – this doesn't necessarily mean they're the best players, but the five guys that gave me the most, wow, I have to see everything they do. Starting in 2000, I'd go with Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, John Wall, Anthony Davis, and Zion. With a little bit of Trey Young thrown in at yeah, times. I was going to put in Trey Young. There were some moments at Oklahoma where you were like, I mean, Steph Curry was like that in the NCAA tournament. But there were moments with Trey Young where you needed to see it. But for those five guys, Carmelo, Durant, Wall, A.D. Zion, I didn't want to miss one of their games because I thought anything could happen. Yeah, there was a month and a half where Kimball Walker was that, right? Um, Okay, I I like that. You're right. That's a really good list in terms of just exciting players you you had to see. And, And Zion, just his size and the way he could move was unlike anything we had ever seen. And then to do it at Duke, you know, part of the challenge with like a lot of these guys coming to the NBA, no one knows them is they're not playing at these prominent schools. So they get to the NBA and it's like, who's Kate Cunningham? Well, we saw him, but the country didn't. Uh, but Zion was at Duke. 
I mean, President Obama was in the front row when his shoe exploded. Those were just unique moments. Someone should yeah, have documented about exploded. that year alone. So the, the shoe yeah. exploding was exploded. an amazing thing. I mean, that was the, the highest-rated college basketball game of like a seven-year period. And then in the most prominent moment, his shoe breaks apart. Wow. And he falls. I mean, were you at that game? I wasn't. I was watching on, on TV. But, um, I mean, I believe it shifted Nike's stock price the following day. It shifted the stock price? It shifted the stock price. That's amazing. The next day. That's yeah. how you know something matters. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, as I was watching the Manziel documentary, I thought to myself, this seems like the kind of thing that could happen to Zion. And by the way, a lot of people mm. say Obama is the Zion of presidents. That's what some people say, <laughs> Myron, whoa, whoa. as you're doing whoa. your uh, various, <laughs> various that's, presidential. That's MJ, you know it. That's yeah, no. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I don't talk politics like you are. I've had fun with you this morning. I want to thank all of you that tuned in, especially all you folks out there from Kentucky and our regular Sunday morning listeners who came in and gave us a shout. We will be back here again tomorrow if I can make my body get up at 445 in the morning. But either way, Greeny is next. This has been Mornings right here on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.